The Fed did exactly what Wall Street expected it to do, raising rates by one quarter of 1%. Wall Street right away saw it as good news. However, once Chairman Powell started speaking at his press conference, the bears started to come back in. So what are we going to see from here on out? We have an enormous jobs report that could move the needle for the Fed as well as for the rest of the markets. Well, we're here to answer all those questions for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Todd Schoenberger, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in sunny and hot Scottsdale, Arizona. Finally, Toby, it is sunny and hot. Finally, it is I, sunny and hot. I, I can see you don't even have the blur behind you because it's so sunny. It looks gorgeous <laughs> there, I got to say. So, so, Toby, you and I have been just going nuts with this whole thing with the Fed. We've been talking about it leading up to the big moment today. And now they come out 25 basis points, which is ex exactly what we expected. However, we we're also thinking that maybe we would hear a definitive pause. What do you think right now? Where do we go from here? Well, Todd, oh, um, here's, here's, here's the two things I know for sure. Number one, you know, the Fed sitting behind closed doors has a conversation that's sort of like this. Okay, we can tank the economy or we can blow up some banks. We'd rather blow up some banks than take yeah. the economy, right? All, all things being equal. But mm -hmm. they were going to get one or the other, and they're trying not to have both. And clearly, I've been going through a number of sort of the data on the, the banks in the United States, and you know, without getting too jiggy on it, I'd say right now about half of, of all American banks, and forget about you know the top do not fail banks, although there's one do not fail bank on my list that's got about a trillion dollars. They're upside down, meaning their assets versus their liabilities, and their liabilities are their deposits, right? For some reason, the Fed doesn't think that, you know, with social media and, you know, the cyber world here, that, that deposits just won't disappear. The fact is, they are, uh, disappear like you. What's happening to you, brother? No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm, I'm going. I'm with you. I'm like I'm okay. looking at the terminal here. Uh, and oh, I'm wondering I got because because every everything you're saying is is exactly you're talking about the banking sector. You know, take a look at the Spider S and P uh, Regional Bank ETF. I'm sure that's where you're going with yeah. this because banks. What are the banks going to do? Because they were up earlier. Then once the chairman started speaking, everything went south. Well, what do you think is going to happen yeah, I mean, in that sector? Yeah, I mean, I've just been saying this for a while, I, and this is no prejudice against 30-something-year-old money managers or hedge fund managers or whatever, but I swear to God, Todd, they, it's hard for them to imagine. They've never been in a, a situation where the Fed, you know, had this sort of massive dilemma. And, um, you know, the, oh, we're going to pause. Remember, it was gonna, we have three yep. rate cuts. October, November, December, because the job is done, you know, uh, you know, hey, 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 right? But the job is not done. And my favorite one, uh, there's a per person, a young person who won't be named, who put something out today and said, hallelujah, hallelujah, we're, we finally hit the last point. June, we're not going to raise. We're going to get these cuts. And you know what happened, Todd, or excuse me, Toby, in 2006, when they stopped at the 7%, or excuse me, at 6% uh, rate, the we had a bull market up 20%. Now, yeah. I would just like to suggest that the history of 2000, 2006, and the history of 2020 to 2023 have nothing in common whatsoever. Absolutely and, nothing. You know, there was, sure, there was a banking crisis, but that was two years later. Um, yeah. And we had just come off this, you know, essentially, uh, you know, not that I have gray hair or anything, but I had very, you know, beautiful blonde hair running a hedge fund and a mutual fund that was essentially on the hedge fund, we could be short and long and the hedge fund, I I would be short, you know, because we went down 30%. Yeah. And we came back 30%. And then we went down 30%. 
And then we came, we had three 30% moves between 2000 and 2003. And everybody was just, I hate the market. So I'm going to start buying homes because I can get, you know, a, a loan to do nothing, right? And then we had our bubble there. Well, we're nothing like 2006 right now. And the, the piece that I think that, that the Fed can't say, but is doing, is they sort of had to make this decision. Are we going to tank the economy and that will get yeah. down because we'll, you know, unemployment will rise or we're going to break some banks. And, you know, of the two, uh, that's OK. I'll, we'll, we'll break some banks. And I went through the numbers today, Todd, and about almost 50 percent of the banks that have deposits and then buy assets, et cetera. If you take the toxic commercial loans they have and particularly what most people don't really understand is that like uh, when you buy, I'm a business guy and I'm going to buy my office building. Well, here's what I get. I got a mortgage loan. I got to put maybe 10% down. That's fine. That loan rolls over after two to three years. You know, the rates change and I got to essentially refinance it because they're not going to finance me out, you know, for 30 years. It's not, I'm not building Citibank Tower in New York, right? So now we're coming up to that point where they're going to roll this stuff over. At the same time, mortgage rates are, you know, for commercial is eight and a half percent, maybe nine percent. When they loaned it to me the first time, my rate was two and a half percent. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I carefully thought about this, Mr. Bank, but I could <laughs> afford the rent then, but I can't afford, you know, the mortgage and because I can't actually have had my rents go down 20 percent. So that's right. Toxic. Then the other toxic part, obviously, is it's not just Silicon Bank and other ones that, you know, bought 10 and 20 year uh, mortgage, excuse me, uh, securities. And then all of a sudden, the money they bought it with, aka deposits, went out the door faster than, you know, a rat on a steaming hot ship. And right. all of a sudden, they're pow. So I, you know, right now, the banks that I look at, and then look the whole bank says, we get a data feed and it tells you everything. They're about two and a half trillion dollars upside down today on what the assets they used to have were worth and what they're worth today and what their deposits are. And so any any bank run can take these guys down. And that's, I'm talking about 2,000, 2,300 banks that are completely upside down. In other words, the assets they bought with their deposits are worth significantly less than the deposits. So when the deposits go out, they got to give the money back to the deposits. And they, if they sell the, the treasuries, they take a loss and they go bankrupt. So I'm, yeah. We're not we're not getting this from the mainstream news. We're not getting it from yeah. CNBC. The banks had to make a choice, and they chose that. Okay, well, excuse me, the Federal Reserve will take some banks down with them, which is better, all things being equal. I mean, we've already had like you know people are like, hey, we've already had twenty four billion dollars of losses mm -hmm. already. You know, because everybody looked at the deposits and like. But how about the preferred shares? You know, the preferred shares and banks usually sell preferred shares and they, you know, they get a little money and they pay a low interest rate, but it's preferred. It's safe. Well, it's not safe. It's not guaranteed by anybody. So, so well, we're we that story. there's a lot to unpack there. And yeah. um, I think your take there on the banks, and you are right, the, our audience is not going to hear that information from the likes of CNBC or Fox oh. Business or any of them right now. So that, they're that's not going to hear from the I federal think. government, Todd. That's the one that always well, concerns Well, I think, I think, but back to your original statement yeah. about, you know, these strategists and all. I mean, it's complete horseshit because what they are expecting is this to be easy. And the Fed is still trying to, to figure these things out. And that's why they are continuing to keep things open ended by saying, look, we are going to remain data dependent going into the June meeting. I completely I understand you, I that. I want to show you something here, Todd. I know that people at home can't uh, see that, but 
I'm well, they will in the video. I know. Oh I've my goodness! What over is that? The last four months. Oh, start, is that is that for the the bonfire in the back? What is no. going on? No, <laughs> these are articles from you know major magazines, newspapers, so on and so forth. And it's literally like half and half. The one on the top is the world's going to shit. The bottom, the, the bottom is it's all right. Nothing. There's too many moving parts for anybody to actually put a solid strategy together, except for if you're a stock market investor. Geez, if the if the momentum is up, buy the momentum as soon as the momentum changes, sell the, you know, and, and just take profits while you can because right. you just don't have any analog. There's no model that fit in everything else. And that was until we started having banks runs. Now you yeah. have bank runs, and then all of a sudden credit, I have a, a credit line from a, 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 a B of A. I got a notice today that if I want to borrow money on that credit line, it used to be four and a half percent. It's now nine percent. Wow. Incredible. And I, you know, I got good credit, but yeah, I'm not going to pay nine. I mean, what am I doing? Yeah. Why would you? You'd be yeah, stupid. I mean, though. unless I was yeah. paying off a, you know, an ex-wife, which would yeah. be worth the nine percent, <laughs> by the way, Tom. Then there's, I mean, it, it makes the cost of borrowing. Yeah. So I'm just not going to, you know, <laughs> add something. I'm just not going to try to acquire a company or yada, yada, yada. Right. So when that all goes, you know, starts leveling down. And then you look at the 250,000 tech jobs, which by the way, so the average salaries, believe it or not, certainly in Silicon Valley and New York and other high tech areas is about 250,000 a year. There were exactly. a lot of $500,000. That was the news this week. You know, that the 500000 a year people are having a hard time getting paid $500,000 at uh, ADP to program right. stuff. For a well, if the average, you know, wage in the United States is $38,000, it is. So let me do the math there. So at 150000 that's like five times the impact. The 500,000 people, that's like, you know, uh, 14 times the impact. Mm -hmm. So you can lose 250000 you know, highly paid mm -hmm. tech workers, but that, to the economy, that's like losing a million and a half, just, you know, regular job. Mm -hmm. and, and we're starting this, we're now starting to see it. We saw one number this week about how retail spending came up, but that was not seasonally adjusted. And and, and now every day you're seeing this, boy, McDonald's 3,000, uh, you know, uh, Deer 4,000. Every CFO, the CEO has got him in the office and they said, listen, Todd up. Look at me. You need to cut 8% of our overhead because right. we're going into a recession. We had, remember, we had the recession. We've already had the recession on the leading in indicators. The leading economic indicators, the LEI, is down nine months in a row. It's contracted like this. That's the leading stuff, right? So we've already had sort of that recession. Now we're actually going to get the actual recession in the real time GDP. And it's happening because these job layoffs, because of a bank crushing, because of the stock market going nowhere, et cetera. People are mm -hmm. going to say, I'm going to sit on my hands here. Well, uh, one thing about this recession, we've been talking about this recession for yes. months, actually, since the Fed started tightening. They had wow. today is their 10th hike, and we have yet to hit the recession. I mean, it might feel like it, or the data might point to it, but does it feel like it for Americans? I think it will. But it isn't there yet. So the question is, when does that happen? We could talk about an earnings recession. Yeah. We could talk about credit con, uh, constraints. We could talk about banking failures over and over and over again. But my definition of a recession is we look at negative GDP for two quarters in a row. Yeah. But you also are feeling it. You have no cash. You have nothing. You can't do anything. And then you start seeing the big layoffs, the big bankruptcies. Your local pizzeria goes out of business. We haven't seen any of that yet, Toby. So True. the question is, 
Are we going to be seeing that? And if the Fed does pause and they keep where they are now at five to five and a quarter percent for the rest of the year, is that going to be enough that says, okay, we're going to see inflation going down to that 2% target, but is it enough to push this economy into that recession that we've been talking about? Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, again, in a traditional sense, yes, the rule is two negative quarters in a row of GDP. But we had two negative quarters of GDP last year, if you look at the Atlanta Fed's yes. GDP now number, um, number one. So number two, you know, I love how uh, the Fed had said, well, you know, Silicon Valley Bank and, and FRC, they're idiosyncratic, right? I just love the word idiosyncratic. Hashtag. And hashtag idiosyncratic. <laughs> so what they're trying to say is, well, yeah, Silicon Valley Bank had, a, you know, a high concentration in startups. They also made the startups who got venture capital money put that venture capital money in their bank. Um, and so you got this huge influx of deposits in the 2020, 2021 one. A, money got free, and B, you know, we had the, the tech craziness, right? So in First Reliance, or First Republic, I'm sorry, I had a company called First Reliance. It's just very hard. Well, there's, Western, there's Western Alliance. The Western right? Alliance, right. Yeah, yeah. Those okay. guys are the same thing. But when the Fed got in there, Todd, it was like, Hmm. We just lent Mr. Smith $5 million on his house with no principal payments for 10 years. I was only paying, yeah. I'd only be paying interest if I had a $5 million house. And, um, it, but Silicon Valley, $5 million house, and $5 million condo. I mean, my favorite story is a kid who worked for me at, uh, at Phillips Publishing. Uh, worked for two years. He was great. He's from Harvard. Like 2004, he says, Toby, I'm going to leave. And I said, Tommy, you can't go, man. I mean, actually, his name is Todd. Todd, you can't go, man. You're the man. You're, you're. And I said, yeah. You know, my roommate from uh, college, you may not know him, Mark Zuckerberg, he uh, has invited me to come and, you know, take everything I've learned here with you at Phillips Publishing, and I'm going to take it to Facebook. Yeah. So he calls me like a month ago and says, Tom, listen, I'm coming out to Scottsdale. Uh, we live in the what we call is the Silverleaf Ghetto. Silverleaf is like the, you know, Holmby Hills of, uh, of Scottsdale. It's up in the hills and and every house is like, you know, 8,000 square feet. So I take him up there. I take him to the house next to John Rom, who's now the world's number one and the, you know, master's champion. And he yes. only made $120 million last year. So Todd buys the house next to John Rom, And I'm just sitting there. I said, well, Todd, don't you want to negotiate? He says, no. He pulls out his checkbook. He writes a check for the house. The realtor almost crapped her pants. I don't think she'd ever seen anything like that. I thought he was going to just bring his American Express card out and buy it, but you know the points would be too high. My point is, those those days are gone. Uh, Yeah, he's already lost about fifteen percent. This is actually in December uh, on what he paid. I mean, he was like that was the ultimate top of the market top when a guy writes a check out of his checking account or his Merrill Lynch account. That was I to myself. I'm saying. This is gotta be you hit the peak. This is gotta be top, right? So yeah. So there. We're not through the cycle yet. And as I say, the, the Fed has said the lesser of two evils is let these banks go. Well, when these banks go, there's, as I'm saying, more than 50% are already technically insolvent. There was a, 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 a law years ago that said you wouldn't have to, you know, the word mark to market. You would say whether your 30-year bonds are actually down 25% if you had to sell them today, you don't have to do that um, for a variety of sort of accounting arcania. Uh, and now all of a sudden, dude, they're insolvent. And yeah. in the age of social media, where you know I can put a rumor out that this bank is having a run, mm-hmm. depositors 
can get on their phone and withdraw. I can take deposits well, out of Bank of America in five seconds. Well, well, that's something actually that came up if you're after the press conference on Bloomberg. They yeah. wondered if the Fed actually knows how fast you can withdraw money because you're that. going onto your mobile app. And that's incredible. How could you not know this right now in 2023? They were almost stunned by the fact that so much money was withdrawn so fast. What I guess they figured people are going to show up with their passbook savings account, going right, to the right. teller window saying, hey, Denise, good seeing you again. How's Bobby? And by the yeah. way, I'm withdrawing $10 million right, right now. Right, right. I mean, it's ridiculous. I just they did didn't a cashier's know check for $10 million. I hope that's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have a good day. Yeah, tell your husband yeah. I said hi. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, that's well, just, I, it's insane to think that they would not understand technology. I, I was having a conversation with a, a friend up in Silicon Valley who did have an account there and, and, and let's call him Bobby. And, and I said, Bobby, dude, wire the money to Bank of America or JP Morgan. Yeah. And I, I could do it for you in 45 seconds, but I'm going to charge you $10,000 to do that. You lazy POS. <laughs> yeah. So sure enough, we're like doing a zoom call and say, okay, you do this and you do this, boom, 10 million ish gone. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's when the, when the VCs were on Twitter saying, GTFU out of out of out of uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Oh boy. Well, I'll leave you with this final thought, and we'll, yeah. we'll while we close this out. But at First Republic, First Republic has an advisory business, as you know, yeah. and so you have a ton of of advisors. These are registered investment advisors affiliated with the bank, with teams of people managing tens of millions of dollars. No, and no. once they started jumping ship. Yeah, and they started going billion, to 240. 240, yeah. They started going everywhere. They started going to competitors. That was the end of it. Yeah, bye-bye. And that was, and you knew that once the advisory business rolled out the door, that was going to be the end of them. But yeah. but listen, let's leave it at that block because we want to get further into this about the Fed. We also have a big jobs report coming out. We still have earnings that are taking place. We can talk about Starbucks as well, Toby. I gotta tell you, that's a whole thing. You gotta get back and uh, get back to eating those uh, those egg white bites or whatever they use. Like, I love those. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do, but you're not eating enough of them. All right, so please stick with us. We'll be right back after the break. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the U.S. have to be American-built, owned, and crewed? That's thanks to the Jones Act, which is the bedrock of the American maritime industry. On the American Maritime Podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000 men and women of American maritime, while also being accessible for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnerships YouTube channel. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight through a roller coaster journey 
journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell on this Fed Decision Day. So as we were just mentioning in the last block, the Fed did hike rates again by 25 basis points. They now have a Fed funds target of 5 to 5.25%. It's the highest we've seen, I think, Toby, since, what, 2007 or something yeah, crazy, yeah. right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, 2006. So and it's a 10th straight rate hike as well. And when actually, at first, it was good news. Then all of a sudden, the bears came out of hibernation. We saw the Dow down actually over 270 points today. And this is on top of uh, what we saw in the sell-off uh, yesterday. Yeah. So the question remains, what's going to happen next? Now, we have a big jobs report coming out on Friday. And then you have the, the big CPI data coming out next week. Plus, we have earnings right now, Toby. That's something we didn't even talk about. What's your take on the earnings season? We saw Starbucks come out. Yeah. The stock was down over 9%. I thought China opening up, opening up was going to be a huge thing for Starbucks, but yeah. it turns out not to be the case. Well, first off, I, don't, I think the number is two-thirds of the Starbucks over there are franchises. They're not owned by Starbucks. So they're just getting oh, a okay. Royalty fee. You know, talk about confused. Or you can have one company. I mean, SMCI happens to be one of our favorite stocks, and it was up 25% today. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they sell the connector. When you have an NVIDIA chip to run your AI cloud computing, you have to have an SMCI connector, right? And their sales are up crazy. It's awesome. Then Qualcomm comes out, which also makes a connector and a GPU, and they're down 8%. Same, you know, same thesis. You can, you have a yin for a yang for every stock that, you know, has positive earnings. Another one in the same business or the same line is down. I mean, another one I, I love, by the way, I love Wingstop. First off, I know you love Wingstop because you have teenage boys. So Oh, oh yeah. All oh, you yeah. do is call Wingstop, send me over like five barrels, right? I drove by a Wingstop yesterday, and I at the first person I thought of was you, Toby, because you oh, talked man, I, about this company before. I love it. They they the average footprint is 680 square feet for a Wingstop store, right? They have very small real estate. They only do chicken wings. They added a, a sandwich, <laughs> which was even uh, I love the sandwich, by the way. It's the best business model in town. They franchise, but they also sell them the chicken and everything. They have massive uh, own wings. We'll never sell wings, right? But for every every company in the same industry, the same space, one is one good earnings motion. Yeah, they'll mix so it up. Confusing. Yeah. It's just so confusing. So the things that I'm absolutely sure about are if you could fit into like this coffee cup, but the ones I'm not, you could put into a giant bathtub or you know a hot tub outside. 
I and everyone else. That's why we're in this range. We get to 4,200 on the S&P and it's just, it's like, you know, me trying to date Gina Lola Brigida in 1970. I, I got the address. I got the phone number. Never got past there, right? Uh, or Raquel Welch. So let's use Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch, yeah, yeah. That's what everyone would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raquel Welch. Boom, nothing, right? And 3,800 down here. See, you know, remember at 4,200, the S&P is selling for as high a multiple on its earnings as it did in in you know the craziness. So yeah. So you can't say they're bargains necessarily. So we are being very, very specific in that I'm not buying the market. I mean you could have bought the QQQs, the you remember the nine mega cap stocks, only nine in the S P five hundred and in the overall mm-hmm. market delivered 94% of the uh, positive return this year. Yeah. Now that concentration again makes the craziness uh, of the last eight years, you know, look sane. So, you you know, where do you hide? Well, one place you hide, and this is why the banks are getting crushed. Again, I'm going to that thing. Hey, BMA, or I'm on my app. Take this $10,000 deposit I have and move that into the money market of fund. And this is what's happening to Schwab right now. Schwab is my next door neighbor is a senior VP with Schwab. We were talking, I won't mention his name, but um, <laughs> we were talking about every day, he's on the bond side and in the, in the wealth management side. He's saying every day they're getting about $150 million to $250 million transferred from just the deposits to their own money market fund, which is paying four and a half percent. Yeah. And, and you know, when everything was, uh, there was no interest rates, when everything was free, when free money, yeah, I'll keep it in the, you know, there, I don't care because I'm not going to get any better anyplace else. And I don't want to get locked into 10 or 20 year uh, bonds, right? When when interest rates are going up, that's bad. Even the individuals knew that. Silicon Valley Bank didn't know that, for, you know, but- mm-hmm. I mean, the average person is, wait a minute, if I buy this bond and interest rates go up, then bond values go down. So I'm not going to do that, right? But now, $250 to $300 million a day going from their deposit, because remember, they have a bank. And those deposits were paying, you know, 42 basis points, four-tenths of 1%. That yeah. is just going to accelerate now. Um, and 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 now, this ridiculous spread between what you can get in a money market account, a deposit, um, the only one that is positive is, is interactive brokers. At interactive brokers, that's where we have our managed accounts. Mm-hmm. We get 4.5% in, in, on our brokerage account. We don't have to put it in a, in a bank account or a fund, right? Mm-hmm. So that these are not fast problems, Todd. These are slow, everyday problems. You know, there's not a machine gun. This is like a rifle elephant bullet. And every day, some bank, some company, et cetera. So that's why I think this recession is just such slow rolling. Okay. Um, You know, A, because of the mismatch in employer. And then secondarily, we really didn't get the the banks had a free ride for a while. Now, all of a sudden, now they're going to have to pay 3% on those deposits or they're going to lose them. So let me ask you this. Here is a question for you. Would you be a buyer of regional bank stocks right now? Yeah, I, I you know, I would not. And simply because there's so many hidden bombs there. If if I was, you know, really confident in a bank analyst who really was on top of it, I'll, I'll sh- send you tomorrow what I, I've been doing that I've been, you know, uh, borrowing, should I say, from some really good analysts and and a bunch mm-hmm. of Brit analysts, by the way, guys that I've known for years that mm-hmm. they don't have any axe to grind. They just look at the numbers and they say, hey, Toby, it, it doesn't <laughs> add up. That's where I got the three and a half trillion dollars of essentially unbooked losses <laughs> and only two and a half trillion dollars of equity. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, you know, I, you have to pick your spaces very carefully, obviously. Um, yeah. There are there are stocks and sectors that are doing well for us that have to do with shipping, 
and pipelines and stuff that, you know, we're done work. But now let's throw the third thing on here. If Europe is already in a serious recession, I mean, an actual negative GDP recession, take all the various, you know, Germany's worse than the UK and France is act. Can you believe the French are now the smart people? They have the strongest economy in Europe. I love that. It's because all those baguettes. It's all the baguettes. They're the best coffee. They're the and best they have the coffee. Best coffee. No question. <laughs> and, and, you know, the best one. So, um, but you take it in an aggregate. When you yeah. remember, uh, you know, whether you like Donald Trump or not, one thing that I liked about him was that he went to Europe and said, hey, we're paying 2% of our GDP for defense. You guys are paying like two-tenths of 1%. So yeah. now they've gotten on the bandwagon. So now, you know, they're actually putting money into defense spending in a big way. But that's, you know, draining their reserves. Um, and most of the, all the stuff they're buying is from the United States. It's, you know, they're buying some jets and fighters from the UK and they're buying some tanks from France and Germany. But on the whole, where do you get the ammo? The state. So we're in a slow rolling world global recession. When you look at the price of oil now, which remember it was down to like 64 bucks in March, then it shot up because the Saudis said that, hey man, you know, we're going to cut one and a half million barrels because, uh, you know, we like to keep the price above 80. Went above 80, 82 bucks. And then all of a sudden we look at the, the actual, we look at the recession and you put it in your formula into your, you know, your program. And my program says that we have, we're down about 7% on demand for oil. And you know what that does? That brings the price down. And so mm -hmm, now we're in that mm -hmm. situation where, you know, oil does affect inflation, but that's, that's energy and food are not part of core inflation. But right. still, all you know, all in, oil prices are coming down. So we sold a fair amount of our oil stocks, which we had huge profits on. But but I'm saying that you can look at all these sectors, Todd. I'm trying to make this easy, and it's not. If you looked at 20 different sectors, you have to make a hard call on each one of those because there some benefit, some don't. It's it's not like you know what, buy the QQQs on the dip. Hey, it worked for 12 years in a row, and I think yeah, are not complacent. And, and I have a friend that I would do that for. He's too cheap to pay me the 1% to run his money, and he's too much of a pain in the ass for me to run his money. Yeah. I just send him a text and say, you know, buy the QQQ, buy the QQQ. Yeah. He, he yeah. did 25% a year for 10 years. And then when I told yeah. him to sell them in January 2020, he sold them, and, uh, and, 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 and then he had to pay taxes, and now he's mad at me. So, you know, the moral wow. of that story is never do a favor for anybody. Well, that's because he's a cowboy, so you know he has his own. No, way he's a Kansas so. City Chief. He's a Kansas City Chief. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. He played for the Chiefs, so um, I got him mixed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> anyway, my, I guess my point is, is that that yeah, if your horizon is twenty years, thirty years, then yeah. absolutely, you know, particularly your four hundred one k or in you know something that's monthly, just keep putting it in half in the S and P five hundred. Right. I like buying the the equal weighted S&P 500, um, mm -hmm. because it, it, particularly in these times, it's up more than the regular S&P 500, because the S&P 500, as we all know, is, what's the number today? 39%, eight stocks, <laughs> a little overweighted. Yeah. And, um, and, then, and then, you know, don't start buying bonds yet, but as soon as we do get a point where interest rates are coming down, people totally forget or never knew that for, you know, we were on a bond market, bull market, in other words, interest rates coming down for, mm -hmm. I don't know, the first from 1982 to 2006, we, I, we made yeah. almost 18% a year just in bonds, 10-year bonds. Solid. Doing nothing, yeah. right? People, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden we got into craziness and the dot-com media and people, no, I never want to buy a bond. So, well, in regards in regards yeah. to your, your bearish sentiment on the regional banking sector, and you're not alone, the S&P yeah. regional banking index was down a 6% at one point today. And uh, this was at, after... Uh, Fed chairman's remarks uh, from the following the Fed rate cut. So 
you know, going forward, you're right. It's just too dangerous right now. It's probably an area I think most investors probably should stay on the sidelines. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, if you bought them on Friday and yeah. that last crash, they went up like three percent. But now they're down. Right. You know, so th that's that's what's the term? Don't catch a falling knife. In this case, yeah. don't catch a falling safe. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> it's just there's there, there's too much intrigue. And, and 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 as I say, the FDIC came in. And they were saying, you know, what if we just cover all deposits? So there's no risk to the deposits. That will stop this. And about 30 seconds later, somebody got into the Biden administration's ear and says, you know, if you do that, we're going to have like, you know, the New York protests again, because you're just helping the rich people. And in fact, since what they were saying is they were going to protect deposits over 250000 unlimited, you were absolutely helping the rich people. And, and in an election year, that would just be DOA. Well, you you bring up politics, so yeah. so we'll we'll, we'll actually uh, dovetail into that subject. Well, it is reality, and right now in the United States, there are approximately forty nine hundred different banks, and clearly most of them are regional banks. So, and they're all in every every jurisdiction, and you're around the country. So naturally, any politician who is representing that that uh, district is obviously going to have a number of these regional banks. So, last thing you want is your regional bank. To go under, especially if we're coming up to uh, to an election year next right, well, year. No that's good. why it, it that well, that's why it does. It gives the impression that we won't have bank failures because of the po the politics involved. But that did nothing for the other three that we already uh, right. heard about well, over the past. The, few other, weeks. the other other intriguing thing I got from my Brit bank analyst friends was that if you read between the lines and you talk to people who are like inside the room, part of the FDIC's uh, big strategy was what if we just throw that out there, mm -hmm. then. The average dipshit American is going to uh, believe it, and they're going to say, "Yeah, the FDI, everybody's covered." So you know, don't worry, Mabel. And, yeah. and then when they pass that by the White House, they said, "Are you are you crazy?" Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I re I remember I would walk down to my apartment in downtown New York and go through all the demonstrators sitting in uh, what's its park? I can't remember. Zuccotti Park. Zuccotti park. park. Right. Yeah. And and I'd be wearing a suit, and I have yeah. my makeup on from fox May yeah. I, you know i did that once <laughs> a big mistake yeah. big mistake i have never been called yeah. names like that and i've been called a lot of names todd but i have never yeah. been called names like that so so that's off the that table was scary yeah. Oh, it was very scary i mean you didn't know they yeah. all had tents and shit i didn't know whether you yeah. know, guns or spears or whatever yeah so yeah i um anyway my, my point here is that since that's off the table there is no blanket because you could solve the problem in a minute, and if they did that, you would see the Dow up a thousand points. I, I guarantee yeah. you would see that regional bank thing like crazy. But politically, they can't do it in an election year. They can't do it. Yeah, I on a side, I remember, I remember walking to the office and passing that the protest at Zuccotti Park, and I mean, I I took a glance over. Oh my goodness! I was, and even with NYPD there, I was still nervous as hell. I just quickly crossed the street and kept walking. I was, I was a quick walker to the office that day. And oh, never, yeah. went, never did go by there again. Yeah, so definitely. But, but can not, you believe so. the FDIC, according to multiple reports? Yeah, just felt if they threw it out there that they were going to guarantee all this, that people yeah. would just assume, right? Because gosh, they they you know remember they used to like started at like fifty thousand guarantee, and then he went to like uh, you know seventy five. Yeah. Then we had those savings and loans. I mean, people forget Todd, and you're not even old enough, you little schmuck. That <laughs> savings and loans, which were my main client in the in the eighties. We closed 1,600 savings and loans between 86 and 92, 93. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we had the bankruptcy of Orange County, which had a bunch of money in a savings and loan that went, you know, south. People forget that. 
And to yeah. say that in this case, that well, first off, we knocked out a lot of savings and loans and never came back, right? They all sort of rolled up into, into big players. And remember, savings and loans for a long time, the only thing they could do is issue a mortgage. They they yeah. couldn't do anything, right? So so I we understood that. Interest rates went up, real estate went down, it crashed, they blah, blah, blah. I understand that part. But to just blithely think, now that the Fed's hands are tied, that the, they're going to run into the rescue here. And when you listen to Powell, as I've said now mm -hmm. for the 435th time, I was with my twin brother last week. He was staying out here. And every time I tell a story for the fifth time, he'd go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Story. Okay. All right. So I've said this story before, but they can't. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, they can't. It's one or the other. They can't do anything about core inflation because they've raised rates as, as, you know, as drastically as ever. There's a seven to 12 month lag. The 115 PhDs at the freaking Federal Reserve in, in D.C., they know all this stuff. They know mm -hmm. that if you have 6 million people available for work and 11 million jobs, that, that, that wages aren't going to come down, particularly since we're a 70 percent you know, service world. Right, right. And it's a slow yeah. death. I, I, and my other pile of papers, I have the, the companies that have just laid off people, you know, 2,000 here. 3,000 here, 4,000 here, 5,000 here. It's a slow drip and people can't deal with a slow drip. They need like instant gratification. Or as I used to say when I was dating girls, instant gratification is too slow for me. <laughs> That's awesome. We, we could go on and on I, and on, Toby. You I, know I, that. And we could talk for days about this. And I and I know the audience will love it as well. Well, after so gonna... at home, at home, cash, yeah. 4.5%. Four and a half. Uh, wait for the Fed to really start to cut rates. But they never cut rates ever in the history of the Fed until there's an actual recession. And that's what people don't get, Todd. They think, oh, my God, you know, um, every, you know, the market is forward looking six months. No. Right. We have never, ever had the Fed cut rates until there was an actual recession called. And until that, and, and all these namby-pambies who don't know what the F they're talking about or are not old enough or smart enough to understand this, and, you know, they're going to throw money in. And yeah, they did great. They, you know, they're up 8% on the uh, on the QQQs. And by the way, if they were doing it from October, mazel tov to them. Um, yeah. They, they, you know, they're up maybe 25% or so. But this ain't your this ain't your old, you know, this ain't your teenager stock anymore, Margaret. This is, is, it's, is completely it's not, different. It's not your namby-pamby stock market anymore. That's the way you put it. <laughs> That's great. So listen, we're going to close it out there. But, uh, but coming up Friday for Buy, Hold, Sell, we have Jeffrey Hurst from the Stock Traders Almanac is going to be joining us. And we also have a special treat. The three of us are going to give you our Kentucky Derby predictions. Plus, it's Cinco de Mayo. So you know it's going to be exciting. Toby promises to wear his sombrero for the show. So no, we'll, no, we, you definitely will be a canvas. Ocho Cabeza no tiene, uh, you know, a puerco, pero not one big enough. Mexican heads, no. not eight. <laughs> Very Trust good, me, though. You have to, I've been trying you have to for get, 50 years to get a Mexican sombrero. You have to get one of those 10-gallon cowboy hats. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> there you go. So listen, so on, on behalf of Tobin Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thank you again so much for joining us today on Buy, Hold, Sell. We hope to catch you next time. Take care. Cheers. I want you to smash that like button. <laughs>
thought leaders and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.